Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. You know, whenever we talk about love and relationships and connections with other people, mm-hmm. I always think about the law of limiting factors in economics. Oh, okay. Where cool. effectively, I always, and I always, yeah, and I always say I it. I love to nerd out. Yeah, that's <laughs> But I always say, I always actually, I feel I say it a lot. Do you? But yeah, no, someone can only love you as much as they have the capacity to love. Okay. Because if they're shrouded in their karma and all their shit, they're really always going to see it through a different lens, right? Yeah, true. You can't really love someone wholly and as they are and have compassion for them if you haven't done it for yourself, mm-hmm. etc. So what ends up happening in the, all these relationships and connections that it's effectively the law of limiting factors. It's capped at mm. the weakest link, as it were, not in like a judgy way, but just it's capped at the person who can love the least rather than it's allowed to expand as yeah. much as this person who can love the most. Yeah. That's what I've really noticed. And so I've definitely had situations where, I can see a full picture and I want to pour more and more and more love into something. Mm -hmm. But actually there's no point Mm. because that love's not going to be wasted, but that love's got nowhere to go and nowhere to be received. Yeah. And so, and I, and when I, when we kind of expand that out, I start like looking around, I realize we do that in general. Like we've become Mm, almost like the society where we are ruled by our most, karmic people oh yes (laughs) that's the best way i'm going to put it because you know when we look at politics Mm -hmm. we're ruled by the extreme polarity between one side and the other yes there's no real space for the people in the middle no and you're and we're always ping-ponging between who is right and who is wrong exactly we've always done this since we were kids since i was a kid it's always seemed that society judged a group by its most extreme member Mm -hmm. yeah and so it feels that we end up never really asking for what we want or even believing that we can get it in any shape, way or form because we believe we're limited by the person that's going to say no. Effectively, what's happened is that we've lost our resolve. We've, we've diluted it because in order to accommodate everyone's needs, as in in order to allow for, we've actually given up everything else. And that was never the point of this transition, right? From 3D to 5D or polarity to full consciousness. Well, yeah, because sometimes I wonder about that because, you know, when everyone's annoying me or when everything's happening and I feel like I kind of, you know, as I said, stuck on the law of limiting factors, Mm -hmm. I sometimes think, well, 5D is all about accepting that, you know, the divine is in all, like it's everything. So I need to figure out a way to accept this. And actually what I'm starting to understand is it's not about accepting it. Mm. It's about seeing it for what it is, which is a symptom of someone. I can have compassion for it because it's symptoms of someone's pain, sometimes someone's karma, Mm -hmm. someone's feelings of insecurity and fears and Mm. doubts and all the rest of it. I can have compassion for it, but it doesn't mean I have to put up with it. It doesn't mean that I end up – because effectively by – pandering to it Mm -hmm. consistently yeah right what i end up doing is i end up taking it on and making it my own and it's not my problem it's not i've worked enough to learn that yeah and while you don't have to accept it i think what we've often said over the past few seasons is what matters is that you allow for it 
as in you make space because that's okay. Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't hate you or begrudge you or judge you for the fact that, you know, you feel or act a certain way. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't limit my voice in saying that it doesn't suit me either. Yeah, exactly. Because it hurts your feelings to hear that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can, and you don't even, it doesn't have to be a war or a fight or a drama. Mm -hmm. No. It can just be a subtle choosing of oneself to either engage or not, or how to engage. Because what starts to happen is when we allow any side to encroach upon our space, right? When we are in a healed, whole healed space is what I mean, is that we start to lose that resolve. And resolve is effectively the strength that we have as divine beings. Yeah, that's how we would define resolve. And this type of strength is really what we need in order to create. I was going to say in order for creation. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) But in order to create. So as we've been mentioning over a few episodes already, this season is you need strength and you need power in order to create. What it feels like at the moment is most people are using their power to shut other people up. I mean, don't get me started on cancel culture. Okay, no. Oh, you pushed me. Fine. I'll talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry to push you, Rhea. (laughs) But, But at the end of the day, look, I cannot disagree that ever since... It feels like for the past five, ten years, whatever, a lot of injustices, a lot of ways in which humans have hurt humans and exercised fucked up power mm-hmm. and the way people weren't free to be themselves, etc., has come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And I stand for freedom in a way that's a bit psychotic. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think it's psychotic. It's very kind. But <laughs> I if 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 someone's freedom is being impacted in any shape, way, or form, it bothers me. It bothers me to my yeah. core and I want to fight for it. Same. Every single time, Same. right? So I'm not standing here going, let it go. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is what we've done is we've swung the pendulum so far the other way that no one ends up speaking at all for fear of being cancelled consistently. So yeah. what we've actually done is we've created a whole new group of people who are quiet. And it's not just the middle class white man. It's mm-hmm. anyone who has an opinion that isn't in line with the mainstream opinion. Mm. Right. And the thing is, is that that's one thing to have a conversation, a debate an an argument even about it. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to cut them off at their feet so mm-hmm. that they are unable to work, yeah. unable to create, unable to do anything. Because mm-hmm. what we end up doing is we end up stifling people's creation. I don't feel like I can create, I don't know, whatever it is, write my book, uh, record my podcast, uh, act in my play, create my painting, whatever it is, because it's not in line with the accepted morality of a chosen few. Yeah. Because then what ends up happening is you've got the accepted morality of a chosen few. Then you have an accepted morality, the, the opposite, the, the, the backlash to that, which is polarity, yes. doing the opposite, right? So you mm-hmm. either fall into you're bad or you're good. Mm-hmm. And depending on which side you are, defines what good or bad is. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so busy trying to silence the other side rather than actually do anything again you don't have to accept or like it but to allow and to give yourself permission for a freedom of expression and i'm not saying just freedom of speech i'm saying freedom of full expression which we know is our divinity we need to allow for others to have the same freedom of expression otherwise all we've done is just perpetuate 3d separation over and over and over just in another way yeah and it's just, it's just getting exhausting because actually like, you know, for example, and I'm going to, I found 
I found this an interesting fact when I read it, but actually when I thought about it, I was like, it's not an interesting fact, it's obvious. Is that there's more, for example, difference between the sexes, as in between women themselves and men themselves, mm-hmm. than there are between men and women. Yeah. For example, right? Makes sense. But in sticking within these like really strict identities and labels, what we end up doing is we end up creating more polarity. And then mm-hmm. there are people that come along going, well, I'm actually a bit of both, or I'm a bit more of this one, or I'm a bit more of that one. And where do we Or fit I'm in? not any of it. Or I'm, yeah. And then what happens? <laughs> How about door number three? Yeah, exactly. But then, then what happens? Because then there are people going, well, we've lived in polarity, so therefore you have to conform. And these people are saying, I don't want to conform. And the fact you're trying to make me conform means that you're the one that's the problem. And so they're pushing everyone back into polarity again. And I'm not saying we're going to wake up one morning and be like, everyone can just be whoever the fuck they want to be and screw whoever they want to screw. Every day of the week could be different, different gender, different, any style, anything you want. Like Hair color. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I'm not going to turn around and say that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not in denial that that is. No, because it's a process. (laughs) Right. But at the same time, my goal, my hope is that we eventually get to a point where everyone is just accepted for who they are. Yeah. No big deal. Because when we talk about 5D and the I, thou relationship and harmony and respect and whatever all the other tenets of 5D are, that involves allowing everyone to be their most divine selves, right? And we can't do that if we're constantly limiting everyone to who we think they should be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it is. And we've basically just, it kind of feels like in trying to be inclusive, we've actually excluded a fuck ton more people. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, I can strongly disagree with a lot of people's opinions. As I just said, I value freedom. Mm -hmm. So anyone that tries to restrict or curb the freedom of another in order to have them fit into a box that feels comfortable for them mm-hmm. in order to assuage their fears and in, t- in order to keep the world as they knew it mm-hmm. bothers me. Or not even the world as they knew it, but also the world as they envision it to be. Yeah. Like if I want this unspiritual people are just as responsible. I, I envision this utopia where mm. we can all kumbaya and hold hands. Utopia does not exist that way. If the divine exists in a multitude of facets, if the divine is expressed in various ways, and I mean many, many, many ways, we don't get to decide which one we're comfortable with or which one is okay just because on the surface everything sounds good mm. or represents an ideology of quote-unquote 5D, because the moment anyone starts spouting certain views that seem 5D, they often are not. Yeah, but Liz, I'm going to go there. I Ooh. hope I hope it's okay. But like, <laughs> when, in 2020, 2021, right, there was a lot of, in the spiritual uh, camps, there was a lot of conversations about those who were fighting for 5D, those who wanted to stay in 3D. It was a war, apparently, between like red hats and white hats and blue hats and indigo hats and it was ridiculous how somehow people who believed to be purporting harmony and 5D values effectively were just basically saying that they were in a war against other people and they had to beat them. Yeah. And I was like listening to it thinking, how is that 5D at all? You know, it's not about fighting against anything. You're fighting for something. Does that make yeah, sense? No, of That's course. Effectively, you're standing for something. And what matters is that when you're standing for something, you are embodying it fully. That is the only way to actually stand for something. And when people are actually standing against something or as in pushing and pushing for a particular ideology, even one that they claim or believe is 5D worthy, right? 
at least on the surface, if they are showing any amount of intolerance, which tolerance, again, is one of the tenets, and if they're showing any lack of respect, again, that's not 5D, that's 3D, mm. right? That's judgment and separation. That's yeah. not harmony. But the thing is, I don't know if I want to be in any relationship, in any connection, in any world where I can't be myself. And I say, I don't know. I do know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be yeah. in any relationship, in any connection, or even in a world yeah. where I cannot be myself, honor myself, and put myself first for me. Yeah. Because I know that in doing that, then I can allow other people to do the same in that connection, in that relationship, and in that world. Exactly. Exactly. And what really, well, what is, what matters or what is key in what you just said is you cannot be, nor can you influence the being of another. And that is effectively what cancel culture starts to do. Mm, oh yeah. It's everyone's being influenced. Yeah. 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 And I mean, or, and honestly, it's harder for people in the public eye because obviously their careers somehow seem to depend on it yeah. in one way or another, which is really fucked up. Like effectively what we're saying is if you're in the public eye in any shape or form, you either have to bend to common morality or you can't be there. Yeah. I'm also thinking about younger generations and the impact it has on them psychologically. Yeah. It's not okay to be myself. Or if I'm going to be myself, then I need to be the most different person possible because yeah. somehow now that gets me attention and, yeah. and therefore acceptance. Because I can guarantee you no matter what you do, there will always be someone who's upset with it. What ends up happening is that people start resenting the movement because mm-hmm. it's withholding them from being free. Yeah. So whether or not they have strong views, they start, it starts undermining everything. And mm-hmm. like true polarity, we end up defining the whole movement by its outliers. Where most, most, and the thing is, I am not talking from a place where I don't know what I'm talking about. But the more we try and silence a group, the more that group will bite back. Mm. Eventually, yeah. you don't, and I understand the argument that you have to go so one way in order to get to another. Mm-hmm. I can understand that argument. But at the end of the day, that's still an argument within polarity. What you describe is effectively the fight for space, where we know there's room for all in 5D. In 3D, we perceive there isn't room. But if we cannot stand for full expression, whatever that is, even if it, again, objectively seems, I really hate this world, but immoral or not right, you know, what is that really telling other people the moment that person gets canceled? And also, we're not really getting to the core of anything, right? It's important to see the underbelly of society because without seeing it, we can't actually heal it. We just end up driving it further underground, allowing it to feel even more evil, even more wrong, even more all those things, Mm -hmm. which at that point, it ends up just becoming putrefied and worse (laughs) so that actually it gets, it it continues to exist, but in a stronger way, even though, and we're kind of like on top thinking, oh, it's all gone away. It hasn't gone away at all. I mean, I remember... I don't know why I'm being really nerdy today, but like, you know, there was this theory, which is very true. I don't remember who said it, but I do, but I'm not going to stop being that guy where the more you drive something underground, actually the stronger it becomes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you look at societies where sex, let's say is very regulated, mm-hmm. you tend to have a very big underground kink culture. Yeah. Very whereas much. if you look at societies where it's much more open, People don't tend to dabble in the same way as much or in the most in a harmful way as much mm-hmm. because it's just not necessary. Right. And so 
No, because there's less shame. Shame drives us to do a lot of things that we wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Or wouldn't we wouldn't be so inclined to do. Yeah. Not and, just not to imply that yeah. it's not normal. And it's weird because on one side it looks like as a society we care so much more now because we're like getting on our soapboxes a lot more. Yeah, right. And we have podcasts <laughs> and we have, you know, leaflets and websites and blogs and all the rest of it. And yeah. we have movements. But on the other side, it kind of looks that we've almost become like more unfeeling that we don't care about anyone's feelings apart from the accepted morality of it oh yeah it's like well you've strayed you strayed and therefore you must be punished yeah yeah that's really fucked up it is very fucked up and we said this i think a couple seasons ago where cancel culture as a despite consciousness rising cancel culture will get worse i I believe we had said that i remember calling that because i remember being really disappointed in that idea because I thought, well, I was really hoping it would peak. It would have peaked by now, but they weren't wrong. Has um, it peaked now? No, we're not peaked yet. I mean, maybe by 2025. I think that's around what they said, 2024, 2025. And it's really because we haven't yet healed our emotional bodies. So we really don't like sitting in the discomfort of our emotions. Mm. And so when someone expresses a view or says something that hurts our feelings, our reactions are a lot stronger than they used to be. And because there's more room now for people claiming personal oppression, we feel freer now just to say, well, okay, that hurt my feelings. You owe me. Mm. There's a lack of accountability that goes along with that emotional hurt. We've weaponized our pain. Yeah. Which, by the way, is not an act of power. It's the absence of power to do that. Because you're not standing in your divinity. You're not standing for something. It's hurt people hurt people, right? Right. So you get hurt, you weaponize your hurt by silencing someone, silencing someone else. Yeah. They're never going to let anyone ever experience this. Yeah. yeah. So then they, they get end up getting hurt mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah. And then they go on to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. You're not actually changing anything. And the irony is for someone who's hurt, and the, the goal mm-hmm. is to effectively stop hurting and stop other people getting hurt, which is a beautiful one. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. an amazing goal. Yeah. But actually, by silencing others, you end up actually perpetuating it rather than healing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't go anywhere. No. It's a very different thing to be like, you know what? I've been in this toxic situation before. Mm-hmm. I am not going to be in it again for myself. And I'm going to help other people see that they don't want to be in toxic situations either. Rather than going, let's kill all the toxic people. Because yeah. <laughs> you yeah. won't be left with anyone. You won't probably be left with very many people. And you'd probably be in that firing line too. Yeah. Oh, in the end. Because of the actually at the end of the day, when you're hurt, if you're operating from that place of hurt, and I know this for, from like personal experience... Actually, you're quite narcissistic. You're actually quite selfish. (laughs) Mm. The world does revolve around you and how people can cater to you, how people can cater to your needs. Mm. I was the most selfish person I've ever... Like, it it still blows my mind. If I was in a relationship, that relationship was all about me. You're the only one in it. No, yeah. But I was the only one in it. There was never any space for the other person to be anything other than my redemption or another version of my help. Mm. There was never any space for the other person to have opinions. There was never any space for nuance in that opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it was always so black and white and it was always about me and what it meant about my worth, my life, my purpose, my pain, my alleviation of that pain. Mm-hmm. I refused to take responsibility for my own choices. I wasn't accountable to my own behaviors yeah. and I refused also to advocate for my own desires mm-hmm. that in the end of the day, all I ended up doing was perpetuating more of what I didn't want. 
Yeah. Because I started embodying what I didn't want, which was no one cares about me. Yeah. Because I didn't care about me either. Not really. I wasn't trying to get what I wanted, which was healthy relationships, healthy connections in a healthy world. Mm -hmm. I was trying to prove that I'd be okay no matter what, even though I believed I was unhealthy and wrong and bad and all the things. Yeah, it makes sense. And even if you're operating just from, if, even if you're not operating from karma, but just from simple insecurities, you could still keep recreating those sort of toxic scenarios and connections. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, we are all just people trying to connect with other people. And I said this to you recently, but it's really true. It is. It really is. But again, if it's really a if you're a person trying to connect to another person, you have to allow them to be a person. Exactly. And I think in every relationship I had in my karma, I didn't, even relationships outside for a very long time, I refused to allow them to be another person. Yeah. And therefore, in doing that, I refused to allow myself to be a person either. Oh, yeah, no. Because no. I was trying to preempt their desires, their needs, how they're going to view me. How the fuck did I know? I didn't live in their head. Because then we often end up fearing that we're going to lose ourselves in the process. And we do. We do, but because we allow it, because we create that scenario, not because it's actually what was going to happen. No, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you expand that out to a more like societal or collective experience, again, it's the us versus them scenario, right? And so we're constantly fearing that someone else's views or ideologies are going to encroach upon ours mm. and vice versa. Effectively, that is the situation we've created as, as a result, mm. right? And we're going to continue to see this actually in the coming years. And you're going to see it throughout most of the Western world because the ideologies are not matching up to the practices. Look, I am all for protests. I am all for revolutionary acts. Mm -hmm. I am all for fighting for freedom. I am all for everyone being free and I will die for it. Mm -hmm. Personally, yeah. I would die for it. Live free or die. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I would, I don't like seeing other people not being free, yeah. but because I believe that I have to choose according to that, mm -hmm. which means I can't not allow myself be, to be free for someone else to be free, if that yeah. makes sense, and right? I can't, and I can't stifle another person's freedom, no matter what that view is. No, because if yeah. that's what I stand for... Effectively, what happens in cancel culture is that we start to enslave people to an idea. Well, it's not just even cancel culture. If I'm not even thinking about the Western world, I'm thinking about the Middle East, I'm thinking about Asia, yeah. I'm thinking about all these countries where no one is free, mm -hmm. right? And I will stand right by you and fight if I need to, like, mm -hmm. happily. Yeah. But I will stand right by you and fight because I believe in freedom, which means I embody freedom, yeah. which means... I allow myself to be free and I allow yourself to be free too. So if anyone anywhere is encroaching on someone else's freedom in any way, I will have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, you will. And so the way through is effectively resolve. So that is resolve? That's resolve. Yeah. Resolve is the answer. It's to be driven by our will to achieve the utmost that we can through our purpose and our fate. Okay, we went spiritual all of a sudden. <laughs> Go on, explain that in, in other words. <laughs> In other words, like you said, well, I, I went spiritual because you went practical. Yeah, fine. It's not just the, I can only be me. It's the, in being me, all that I am is the greatest version of myself, which is allowed for in my fate, right? So in, Again, we got to tie this back to fate. Okay. So <laughs> in being me, uh -huh. I'm allowing for the greatest version of myself because I'm not allowing anyone else to restrict me in any way or shut me up exactly. or filter and, me. And I can only realize that person 
by not being phased by anything or anyone else, yeah. right? If I start to feel myself influenced yeah. by some external force, yeah. I'm not my greatest self, am no. I? Yeah. No, I'm some version of me, but not my fullest greatest self. Yeah. So resolve is effectively what's going to get us through this, the next few years, right? And resolve beyond that. And when I say is, go is what will get us through the next few years, what I mean by that is we're only going to become able to live according to our fate and able to only realize our ability to magic, our joy, etc. If we can maintain that resolve, that will, otherwise we're not going to be capable as, of as much as we think we are. Well, I guess, because if we're allowing other people to affect us, influence us, shut us up, then we're not really being us, are we? No, we're just giving away our power left and mm -hmm. right, which is what we've always done. And we've allowed polarity to let us do it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.